Welcome to episode 25 of the Drink Local podcast. My name is William and I am with Misa. We are longtime avid craft beer enthusiasts. We aren't industry insiders. We are not Cicerones. We are not brewers. What we are is people just like you. Just a couple of people who are really, really excited about craft beer. We've been drinking craft beer for over 15 years. And during that time, our passion for craft beer has informed so many of our experiences, whether it's tourism, our culinary preferences, the types of activities that we do for fun. Craft beer always plays a role. So with that said, today mm -hmm. we are going to be drinking a bunch of light beers because if you've stayed with us, as you know, we have banned the IPAs <laughs> yeah. from the podcast for, for yeah, for the time being. Yeah. We are going to be talking today about dealing with duds. <laughs> as you know, we've uh, done one episode where we talked dud spotting, dud which spotting. was spotting duds before you get them. And, well, recently, I failed to follow <laughs> some of the rules that I had instated for doing that. And as a result, I, I ended you, up with some duds. Yeah, I don't think you failed to... You think you did? I fucked up a little okay, bit. Okay, you can Fucked talk up about a little bit. You know, yeah, we'll get, it, we'll get into that. We'll get into okay. that. We'll get into that. We are... So we're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. We're going to do, of course... Another edition of our new binge drinking segment. We're going to talk a little bit about how we binged Snowfall. Yes. In anticipation of the up and coming or, or now here season. Mm -hmm. We are doing What Made You Want to Drink, as always. And we are taking questions from the Beer Curious, of which today I happen to have quite a few. Okay. So, that said... Let's crack these brews. Let's crack it. Let's cheers it up. And let's start this party. So excited. Okay. Oh, man. I forgot that this was the one that always bubbles up. It always bubbles <laughs> up. It's not that bad, though. Mm. So, yeah, we're continuing with the uh, mic situation that changed since last time. So, hopefully, you know, it's uh, it's been an okay listening experience for you guys. Nice, nice pour. Right. Perfect pour. Look at that. All right. All right, let's cheers it up. Cheers. Oh, man, it always hits so right. Beer, that is. Uh, Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Beer. <laughs> ah, so good. Yeah. So, let's talk about mm. what we are drinking today. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to start us off? Yeah. So, uh, we got two Kolsch's, a lager, and a Hell's, Hell's Lager. Nice. Um, Love it. Yep. And the first Kolsch that uh, Willem just had was is a Pacific Kolsch Highway from Indie Brewing, which uh, we had one beer from Indie Brewing uh, called L.A. Woman on episode 10 which is that's good to mention because it's woman's uh in a well, woman's month woman's history month 
our time. I I, I would have got it right. Yeah, I'm sure you would have. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like that was like the most chauvinistic thing to say, so I just <laughs> want to throw it out there. Um, yeah, so this this can fucking kicks ass. Let me tell you, because it kind of invokes like a Dodgers kind yeah. of thing. You know, yeah. it obviously oh, is a reference to PCH Pacific mm. Coast Highway. Oh. Duh, I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off strong here today, I see. <laughs> no, it's totally a Dodgers uh, throwback. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's super simple. Like, it's just a... Oh, my God. I just noticed this. It's just a blue can mm-hmm. with uh, white stripes. It says Pacific Coast Highway vertically. Mm-hmm. Um, read, you read it upwards. And there is this really cool stylized hop design here and on the top of the hop design what you see is a silhouette of downtown LA. Right. The skyline. Yeah. And and then the highway, the text for highway is in like a sporty um team mm-hmm. cursive font. Yeah, not you know? quite Dodgers yeah. but like, invoking it. And yeah, if you look at the uh, other side of the can, yeah, you can see the entire hop that they did, mm-hmm. and so you see the entire downtown skyline there. And they have a slogan that says "Design on Draft" because they know they kicked the shit out of this. <laughs> they really did. Yeah, it <laughs> looks really good. Um, you know, I think that indie brews consistently good beer. Mm-hmm. I try to get most of them when I see them. I don't chase them down or anything, mm-hmm. but. but if I see them, available. you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, grab, I'll grab them here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very LA. Yeah. So Very local. The beer. Well, I don't actually, where are they based in? Uh, in downtown Los Angeles. There you go. <sighs> so what do you think about the beer? It has like a sweetness and like a little bit of bitterness at the end. You know, it's like a good, good, easy drinking Kolsch, 4.5. Yeah, it's a Kolsch that I would drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta be honest, there are two Kolsches here. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be my favorite one mm-hmm. of these two Kolsches, but it's it's really good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that the other beer, I've already had it, mm-hmm. and I know how strong of a contender it is. This one has like a like a more lingering like little bitterness at the end yeah it's, it's a little fruitier too like you know it, it the, yeah uh, it's funny because it like hits kind of sweet but you get the little bitterness at the end right 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 and so usually you know uh think that it's gonna be like something a little more crisp uh-huh. but it's actually juicier than i expected it to be just this than i expected it to be mm-hmm. you know i for me the sweetness isn't really like a juiciness it's, it is more like a clear sweetness. Also, it's not the coldest that yeah. we could be having it right, right. now. Yeah, that's we're true. Like but setting it up and everything. But, so. you know, I just looked at how much is left, mm-hmm. and we we gulped it. Like, we gulped a few. Oh, yeah. We took a, big, a, a few big gulps here, so. I mean, if they had this at Dodger Stadium, you know. Which they should. They totally should, you know. Uh, this, I mean, I would totally drink this, uh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Several if, of these. Well, if they had this at Dodger Stadium, yeah. it would by default be the best beer at Dodger Stadium. Right, right. And I right. would just, yeah, I mean, they would probably charge like, I don't know. $14. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like, 
they have been doing craft beer more mm-hmm. at stadiums Stadium, where they yeah, had, you know, when we were going to those. Yeah. Uh, but um, the craft beer, it would be like, you know, Stone. Or, yeah. you know, something that was a little more uh, mainstream. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, and just by name alone, Indie. Right. Is obviously not going to be one of the mainstream choices, but there's been a lot of Dodger pride going on since they won the championship. So you do see a lot of stuff that is inspired by that design aesthetic, and so on. You know, yeah, it's it's such a classic kind of look too. You know, and it's yeah. So they probably doesn't take much to invoke, right? So they probably made this beer because, in principle, they wanted to sell it. Well, if you're going to do that, you can't go wrong, I think, with a Kolsch, yes. except for one thing. I think a lot of people who are just casual, right. light beer drinkers don't even... They're not familiar. Yeah, know exactly what a Kolsch is. Right. You know, like, there are right. people who are drinking German beers. Yeah, and there's, like, an umlaut in there, you know, it just... Yeah. If you, are, if you don't really... If you're not really a craft beer drinker... This is, like, the perfect beer if you're, like, oh, I don't know about craft beer or whatever. Yeah. Like, you drink this and be, like, shit, this And is yet delicious. you might be scared off <laughs> by, by... the Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. Uh, it's just, like, how do you, what do you, how do you even say that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's fucking delicious. Yeah, yeah. And I would say when it comes to beer, mm, trust the umlaut. You know, trust it, trust it. Yeah, trust yeah, it. I mean, if it's German, like, you can't go wrong, I feel so, like. So... Should we move on to the next one? Yes. All right. So the second one is a Bottle Logic Cantrip Kolsch, German style ale. Um, I feel like we've had s- several Bottle Logic, bottle beers. logic beers. Yeah, we do Bottle Logic pretty yeah, often. Yeah, I mean, pod. it's they always, they're solid. Uh, they're can, again, I love it. It's yeah. It has like little... Um, Emblems, I guess. What do you call these? Like like crests. Crests, or, yeah, yeah, European looking crests with different designs on them. Uh, goblets, uh, goblets, you know, like, um, uh, double halberds with shields, things that ravens, you might see. Hops, yeah. lions, whatever. Very cool shit. All over. I, yeah, I really love. They have a great design aesthetic. Yeah, I really love. Like, uh, they're all over. Like. Uh, print can series yeah and so, so you know like she said we do have bottle logic a lot oh. but we like to drink beers on the podcast that we like uh-huh. we you know we're positive vibes mm. for the most part mm. <laughs> this one is also 4.5 4. yeah as it should be yeah. as it should be um so good. Mm. and yeah it's solid that's like that's what i want yeah you know when i think <laughs> like you know a coach it is Right on profile, mm-hmm. and it tastes really, really good. Like, I really, uh, you know, it's a beer that I wish that was, it, it was a, a year-round kind of beer. Like, because mm-hmm. there's definitely, like, you know, when it starts getting warm, you're going to want this. Yeah. You're yeah. going to want this. Even though the, the can art, because it's, like, a, on a dark background and stuff, it doesn't really look like a refreshing it doesn't give off like a refreshing vibe, right? You know, just art alone. But uh, I think they're going with the German thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's fucking delicious. Yeah, it's really good. 
<clears throat> my favorite crest mm. is once again the hop. The hop. Yeah, how'd you know? You knew what you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you knew. Like they have some cool stuff on here. You know, they have an anvil. They have a skull. They have different goblets. They have anvil. Yeah. They have. Well, they got. They got wheat too. Look. Oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, wheat. That, that one's really cool too. They have a flaming hand. You know, like doing magic or some shit. Yeah, like, yeah, like a weird uh, triangle. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. These are the types of flags we should be flying. <laughs> Beer flags? Yeah. I know. Absolutely. I know. Absolutely. You know, and there's not much else to say except about delicious. Yeah, about this culture except that it. it if you it, see it, get it. It's solid. If it's really good. If you see it, get it, drink it, get it again, drink it, and, yeah. uh, you know. Um, the next brew, I think. Is going to be a lot more conversational. Yes. It's going to uh, give us a chance to uh, talk about some things here. And this is... Viva! <laughs> you came out so strong. It felt <laughs> like you just fell on your face so hard. Like, that shit's crazy. Viva Democracia El Nuevo Prez. <laughs> Blogger. <laughs> oh, I just noticed that on... Uh, on this, uh, so it's like a gray can with uh, this circle in the middle with a, a, a like a diamond shape, and it says El Nuevo Prez. And on one side, it has like a little circle with forty five, like crossed out. Oh, I didn't see the crossed out. Wow. <laughs> and then on the other side, it says uh, it has, it's a circle with forty six on it. Oh wow! I didn't see that. Uh, I didn't see that either. And this one is five point four six percent yeah uh lager and this one um it it's brewed it says brewed and packaged by mumford brewing which we've had and they're in downtown la but it says brewed in collaboration with our friends at innerboro am i saying that word right i can't i, I don't even see the word so innerboro let's go let's go with that spirits yeah. and ales people's republic of cent the uh, south central Tripping animals, the sampler, and beer wax. So, we we uh, got this yesterday, and we were looking at the can, and was like, "Are those all breweries?" And so I looked it up. Okay, so you got some answers for us. I do, I do. Okay. So I mean, Mumford, obviously, brewery. Yeah. Innerboro uh, Spirits and Ales is a. Uh, it says Brooklyn's only brewery and distillery. Interesting. So, I mean, there are uh, breweries. So they're doing Brooklyn, beers but I guess and they're, they're doing, doing like hard liquor. Yeah, spirits. So, oh, so there's spirits. They're doing gin and what is this? Amaro liquor. So they're in Brooklyn. Um, Where Brooklyn at? Yep. And then Tripping Animals is also a uh, brewery, and they're actually in, I think, in Miami. They're in Florida. Oh, they're all over. They're all over the dam. Yeah. This, this is this a, one was a Four Corners type of beer. Um, this It says, uh, in 2011, the crew started brewing and growing their passion for craft beer in their home country of Venezuela. Oh. After years of brewing and experimentation, traveling to breweries all around the world and moving to Miami. In 2018, Daniel Cochran, Ignacio Montenegro, Iker... Eloriega and Juan Manuel Torres founded Tripping Animals Brewing Company in the heart of Doral, 
Florida. So With not fantastic in Miami. Names. Where, whatever, wherever Doral is in Florida. Uh, Tripping Animals is dedicated and focused to build and support the community of Doral and Miami by brewing the highest quality craft beers that push the expectations of what beer can be. It's cool. Oh. It's cool because uh, on the uh, when you look at their website and look at their uh, section where it says beers, all their beer uh, cans, I'm assuming, labels, it's like all these like animals that look like they're tripping. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> the illustrations of these tripping animals looking... Uh... Name some of those beers. <sighs> okay. There's one called Lick Me, and it's a, and it's a toad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one that has a deer it's called Oh Deer. Uh, bear With Me with a bear. Good Karma with a chame- chameleon. Um, nobody Knows, spelled N-O-S-E with a toucan. Their art's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of fun. I've never seen, we've never seen their beers. I mean, you probably see it more like if you're in Florida or somewhere in that area. I wonder how these collaborations from so many corners yeah, of know. the country happen, you know? Yeah, like I don't really I don't really know. I mean, could it be like crowns and hops? Could it be all tender meetups? Like I mean <laughs> I mean uh, uh, these these days probably, you know. Um so I talked about Innerboro. Yeah, so then Trippin' Animals is in Florida, and then People's Republic of South Central okay. is apparently a beer, uh, is a brewery that's opening in this year. So it's not, it hasn't like, I see. The, the place hasn't opened yet, but I guess they brewed two beers. I don't know what the first one was, but the second one that they uh, have going on right now, if you go to their website, prscbrand.com, we're going to link up all of this. Um and you go to shop, there's one beer called Catalyst. And um, they are, this is their second beer. And all, all the net proceeds will go toward buying Chromebooks for children in South L.A. Uh, okay. It's weird that they say South L.A. if they made it a point to say South Central. But, yeah, I mean, it's technically South Los Angeles. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um. But it's, it's just funny because people are, like, kind of particular about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, um, so I was kind of curious, you know. Um, I'm glad to hear that mm-hmm. because when I hear People's Republic of South Central, mm-hmm. I need, I instantly am like, okay, I need whatever is going on mm-hmm. to be supporting uh black and Latino yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I that's who lives there. Yeah. I don't is, know who owns it. It seems like it's a black owned business. Needs to be. Based on what I see here. Meet our founders. Yeah. Co-founded by California natives, UC Berkeley graduates, Craig Bowers and Samuel Chawinga. Okay. And so the, the a little bit more about the catalyst is, uh, it says, our catalyst wrapped aluminum can features the image of Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm, okay. surrounded by children in a South Central Los Angeles educational center in 1972. Incredible. As the first black woman to ever serve in the United States Congress. Yeah, you should read up about her. 1972 was also 
the year Shirley became the first woman to vie for the Democratic presidential nomination of the United States mm-hmm. of America. Okay, well... So the name of this beer was inspired by a quote from Congresswoman woman Chisholm. Am I saying it right? I am and always will be a catalyst for change. Mm. Over the coming weeks, we'll be using our Instagram account to feature these uniquely American contributions by some names you may have heard and others you may not be familiar with. Ida B. Wells, Fannie Lou Hamer, Mm -hmm. Ella Baker, Coretta Scott King, Barbara Jordan, and Stacey Abrams. That's incredible. You know, um, I'm really obviously excited Mm -hmm. to see more black people in LA getting mm-hmm. into beer entrepreneurship totally. it's you know we need those types of perspectives uh, we need those types of imaginations mm-hmm. bringing something to the table as far as you know most importantly mm-hmm. flavor profile yes because LA needs to define itself. Mm-hmm. As far as how beer mm-hmm. is being, what's the word I'm looking for? How beer is, how flavor. Like is represented? Yeah, is yeah. represented within beer. Because when you think about certain types of flavors, mm-hmm. then you are thinking about different regions. You're thinking about like San Diego when you're thinking about like the hoppy, mm-hmm. dank, right. stuff like that, right. you know? And um, LA, like, we're a little bit different from that, you know? Right. Like we like the dank, we like the we like the grassy, but we also we like, you know, the uh the the light, you know, we like mm-hmm. the chill. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh I'm curious where they're gonna go with this and I definitely wanna learn more about this brewery. Yeah. And I want to try their beers, you know? I mean if if if, if possible I don't want to talk to them. Yeah, no, we can buy, uh, pick, I guess we can buy this, the catalyst, so we should, you know. Okay, yeah. You have right, to we'll, go pick it up. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll um, get that beer, we and we'll talk about it on the pod, yeah. and, you know, eventually, like, you know, I want to uh, hear more from these people. I want to totally. get their perspective on this, totally. you know. It, this sounds really cool, especially because, you know, um, you know, what I found to be really interesting mm-hmm. is how inspired they were by history and how many black women mm-hmm. were at the backbone mm-hmm. of what they're doing right. as far as inspiration and vision. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So, I find it really fascinating. So just to add one of the... And uh, exciting. One of the founders, uh, Samuel Chawinga, um, it says... He moved to Los Angeles in 2016 to open the successful Boomtown Brewery located in DT downtown LA's art district. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know I that. Know, I, like, I didn't know that Boomtown was opened by a black person either. I, I feel like I'm like I don't know. I'm sorry if this is a totally different person, but I feel like we this name sounded familiar, and I felt like we talked about. I'm gonna have to go back and like look it up but but yeah so okay. he you know he did that so um yeah wow so that's I'm, interesting that's so interesting. yeah so i'm excited to see how you know this uh they develop 
Well, I mean, Boomtown makes a fantastic Czech they pills. They do. They do. They yeah. make, you know, mm-hmm. so I didn't know that. That's yep. interesting. You learn something new every day. Exactly. You know, yep. small world. Yep. What can you say? You know, that's what's great about these collaborations uh, because you kind of, you might know like one of the breweries or whatever, yeah. you know, and then you find out about all the other ones and that's what's so kind of like interesting about it because, you know, otherwise we wouldn't have known. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I knew that the backstory of this beer Mm -hmm. was going to be a lot cooler than when I saw the beer Mm -hmm. and I saw that it was called El Nuevo Prez. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like, I kind of like cringed. I was like, uh, I was like, ah, like, you know, like me personally, I'm not a person who gets excited about politicians Mm -hmm. i'm not a person who believes in celebritizing them in fact i believe in the opposite i believe that they're public servants and that we should constantly hold their feet to the fire and they should always be afraid of us as uh the uh citizens Mm -hmm. they should be working at all times in the service of us because we're paying them that's just how i feel I mean, they so, should. I mean, yeah, they yeah, are. yeah. Well, but that's not, but that's not what actually goes on, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's I not what actually go like, like that's not what actually goes on, and it's real, and it's been real weird because you know we lived uh, through the uh, forty five, the guy who got X'd mm-hmm. out on this camera <laughs> right here, uh-huh. and um, we saw a weird celebritization and mm-hmm. idolatry totally. uh, as a result, and. Yeah some of the pushback from the people who are against that uh, has been another weird celebritization and idolatry of this guy who, um, you know, um, I'm glad that he's not the other guy, Mm -hmm. but I'm also like, well, let, I mean, let, let's not act like this is the best that we could or should do. You know, so I don't, so I, so like when I see, when I see like, you know, people getting excited about that kind of thing, I'm like, you shouldn't be excited. You should be holding this person as accountable as we should hold all of our public servants. That's all. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wonder like, you know, the, the celebritization yeah, and this may not be that um, because it is something to be excited about. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't feel like they're, you know, because it doesn't have, like, his face on it or anything. It's, it just says it's a new president, right? Yeah. Um, And I think just that that idea was, like, yeah. like let's right. celebrate that. But just in general, I feel like, you know, what's going on now isn't really necessarily... I feel like it's almost like a... a um, like a remnant of the previous administration. It's definitely a pushback. Yeah, and to be like, no, we got our guy now, or whatever, and it's just kind of, but because I feel like it's not really coming from the president himself. Maybe it is. I well, don't know. I, I haven't really been, like, following him or anything. But, like, it, I mean, at least not, definitely not in the way that it, that, like, No, not in, no, not in the, no, not, know, it's not the like, same like, thing. look at me, look at me. Yeah, you know? it's not the um, same it's thing. It's not, though. you know, so it's, I mean, but I feel like, people are trying to kind of be like, well, we, we, we're doing us now, you know? And it's just kind of like, like, let's just, let's just, what about we don't do 
that at all. Right. Well, I think that, well, <laughs> like, I think that there's an element yeah. of, you know, of society, like, that is so uh, still culture shocked mm-hmm. and, uh, af- and afraid and insecure after mm-hmm. what we have lived through and right. what may be coming in the future. Right, right, right. That, you know... Um, they gotta a, do what they can do right now. Yeah, and there's, a, yeah. and there's a temptation yeah. to not be critical yeah. right. of the next guy. Right. And, I, and, yeah, I just feel like we have to resist that temptation. But I also do understand mm-hmm. because I don't like when... Because sometimes I feel scared to openly criticize. Mm-hmm. Because what I don't want to happen... Yeah. <laughs> what I don't want to happen are my or people who who think like me mm-hmm. to have our valid criticisms mm-hmm. of the current administration mm-hmm. co-opted by people who are coming in bad faith and are only uh, trying to uh, consolidate power for other groups, mm-hmm. you know, and that does kind of scare me and it scares a lot of people mm-hmm. but at the same time i'm like well i can't be too scared to not be honest about things that i see and not right. expect promises to be kept right that's right. all because right. i want people to suffer less mm-hmm. in fact i want people to not suffer right you know um, ideally yeah. yeah you know that, <laughs> yeah i mean that that like that's my whole political compass uh people don't have to suffer. Uh, it's not. It's, it's a lot it, of times. It's like, well, we really don't have to, yeah. but there, there, there's, <laughs> there's no virtue right. in suffering. You know, right, uh, right, that, right. that that's yeah, a myth. Yeah, you know, yeah. that that's a myth. Yeah. The only, um, not the kind of suffering that's going on. Right. The yeah. only people who get to live under that illusion mm-hmm. are people who survived. Right. But people who did not survive their suffering. Mm-hmm. They don't get to tell their stories. Right. Um, anyway. So, going back to uh, this uh, person that I mentioned, Boomtown. I'm pretty sure we talked about him because we did a Boomtown beer in episode 15, Representation and Activism in Beer. And Boomtown uh, had a, we did a beer called Bad Ombre. And I think when I mm-hmm. looked it up, his name came up because I remember the last name. So, I'm pretty sure we talked about him, so, you know, this is obviously before he was doing, uh, what was it, the South Central, what is it, People's Republic mm-hmm. of South Central, mm-hmm. so this is, you know, it's awesome that he, you know, is well, moving on and doing... Yeah, I wonder where he's originally from, because, I mean, his name, uh, you know, it, obviously, you know... Um, he, born in Malawi... To an American mother and an African father. Okay, I was gonna say his name met is an in Los name. Angeles. Okay, and so they met in LA, and then he what? went to college in Berkeley, which means what that says, he spent time in Oakland. United during a UC Davis course on alcohol production at EJ Gallo. Yeah, and then he went to UC Berkeley, where I think the other founder, Craig Bowers. Mm-hmm. He was born and raised in L.A. to parents that were born and raised in South Central. So these are L.A. people. Yeah. Essentially. Essentially, part. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think they both went to UC Berkeley. That's I want to learn. Like. I, I, I want to learn California more. California natives. I want to learn more. I want to talk to these people, and I yes. also we should we should try, if it's yeah. possible, mm-hmm. 
I want to get to the last beer because we haven't gotten to that yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. But I haven't uh, told you about the rest of the people who are part of this El Nuevo Press. Okay? Talk about it. It won't be that long. No, it's okay? fine. There's a lot of so people in here. I want to hear them all. One, the sampler is uh, the sampler Bushwick, and this is actually a uh, craft beer bar in Bushwick, New York. Okay. And then uh, this other beer wax is also in. New York, not entirely sure where in New York, but they are a uh, premier, New York City premier vinyl record craft beer bar. Oh, that sounds like so sex. It, it, it sounds that's like just, awesome. that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's so, the most New York shit I ever heard. Yeah, so that sounds fucking Come awesome. Come on. So, hey, calm mean, down. So it's very New York heavy, actually, because yeah. the Innerboro... Bush uh, Sampler and uh, Beer Wax are all New York. And Animal, Trippin' Animals is Florida. And then People's Republic of South Central is in South Central LA. And then uh, Mumford. The beer itself Mm -hmm. is good. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not like this beer is great. Mm -hmm. It's a little like, I mean, it's a lager. Uh It's surprisingly a little bit cloudy. You know, it's not hazy by any means. That's but true. It's a little it is cloudy, a little cloudy. You know, um, and you know, like it might be one of those things where it's like there's so many hands involved in it. Right. You know, like, um, but I mean, what an ambitious beer with a lot of interesting, yeah, groups with backstories that are all <laughs> fascinating. And I know. I'm like interested so many in all backgrounds. of these. Uh, we got, we got, we got Miami Venezuelans. Yeah. We got, uh, we got. Uh, African Angelinos. Mm-hmm. We got uh, New York uh, um, crate diggers. Uh, you know, like we got everybody. You yeah, know, yeah, we got everybody. Like you know, I so, mean, I'm really glad that uh, we got this beer just for the fact that we were able to learn about all these other places that, like, you know, eventually. Absolutely. I would love to Absolutely. check out. Yep, because we, we will be going to New York and Miami at some point. Yeah. You know, like that yeah. that's going to happen. Uh, nice. Let's get <laughs> to, to this last beer. This last beer. Last, so long. Definitely not least. Adel Hell, Hell's Lager by Occidental Brewing. Best East or West is what they say, which I mean, you know, might be. I don't blame them for yeah. that. <laughs> might be. You know, um, I have become obsessed so with good. Occidental. Yep, absolutely obsessed with Occidental. They. Oh, I didn't think they were in Portland, but I guess it says Portland. Okay, yeah, I thought they were just in Portland. Outside of Portland, but yeah, uh, I have obsessed. Yeah, so we've had uh, an Occidental beer. Uh, on episode 18, we had their Hefeweizen. But mm. this beer, you can tell them how much we love this beer. Yeah, so we found this beer Nice at, and clear, just like a Hell's Lager shit. absolutely fucking perfect. Uh, we found this beer at a bottle shop mm-hmm. that is local to us mm-hmm. uh, called Talon. It's in Eagle Rock. Mm-hmm. And um, it used to be a craft beer seller. We talked about it before. Five um, percent. And 
we just went to pick up a whole bunch of beers. I saw this beer. It's a smaller can. Um, was a yeah. It's a twelve ounce. Yeah, it's can. a twelve twelve ounce as Regular opposed can. to the other ones, which 16. are what sixteen. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I got a six pack, mm. and we came home. And we drank them right away. Like we we had one. We're like, oh. And then we had and then we had the rest. Yeah. And I was so thinking about this beer all week that week. So I went back to Talon when I was on the way to get some sandwiches. I'm talking about that another time. Okay. And I said, give me the rest. Yeah. I just want the rest. You know? And so the guy had 18 of them left he had three six packs left and so there was a 19th beer and i was like (laughs) i'm gonna leave that one for some intrepid young beer enthusiast Uh and then a guy came in Uh and he was looking at the lagers Uh the pilsners the lighter the crisper beers Uh and so i pointed at him from a socially distanced location and i said get that one and he said this one and i said yes that's the one and then you're like look at me (laughs) i didn't even say look at me but then when the guy was ringing me up the guy looked back and he said oh so that's why because you got the rest okay i got the rest but trust me get this one well lucky guy yeah absolutely absolutely he got it. Absolutely. He, de- he definitely got it. Mm. He he picked it up right away. He knew because... I mean, you see somebody. When you see someone <laughs> that excited about a beer, yeah. then you know that you better at least try that beer, especially if you can just get one. Yeah. Right? What's, yeah. What, what's the harm in that? I mean, it's... I love how kind of like classic their uh, can looks. Um... Like a beer candy cane. Yeah, it has like this, uh, it's like this light blue and white stripes, kind of, uh, reminds me of Oktoberfest, kind of, you know, um, but it's, it's like a diagonal stripe, like a candy cane, like you were saying. This is easily my favorite beer this month. Yeah, no, no doubt. This is like, if you find this, definitely get as much as you can, because this shit is crushable. Um, and you, you, yeah, we went through it so fast, Um, so good. I would say if you see a beer from Occidental, Mm. just go ahead and pick it up. Yeah. Go ahead and pick it up. We haven't had one that we haven't liked. Yeah, I know. I'm hoping we see more of uh, their beers. Yeah. So the gentleman at Talon told me that he gets some about every two weeks. Okay. So it's time to go look again. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, who knows? I also picked up some, I saw some Occidental at another uh, bottle shop that's close mm-hmm. to us as well. So, and, and I told my favorite bottle shop, who mm-hmm. did not have them, yeah. you gotta get start getting Occidentals. Mm-hmm. You gotta start getting them. So I hope that they do, you know, and Occidental, if you guys are listening, we are Really big fans. We're really big fans. Um, Do with that information what you will. I mean, they they did reply to when we posted, when we got the first six pack. Mm. And I posted it on Instagram and then they kind of like replied, you know. Yeah. Um, But I guess it's interesting. It says, it was founded in 2011. 
by Ben and Dan Engler, so I guess brothers, with the goal of brothers. making well-balanced continental style beers in the land of IPAs. Interesting. Portland, Oregon. I mean, they're doing a fucking good That's job. Smart. That's smart. That's smart. You know, yeah, because you go the other way. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, when you go to their website, which I like, I appreciate kind of the simplicity of their website. Yeah. And I love, <laughs> I love their cans. Yeah. And they're, yeah, it's very like simple and like classic old school looking. I bet their culture is so good. Yeah. Yeah. So they have like a little photo banner on their website. And it shows a Kolsch, Alt Beer, Hefeweizen, and a Pilsner. So, I mean, yeah, you can tell they're trying to do, like, these solid, like, classic beers, you know? Yes. I mean, they got other stuff going on, but, like, you know, I, I feel like if they're trying to do these classic German-style beers, like, I feel like, you know what? I could trust you, you know? When, you, when you're really trying to kind of uh, nail it, mm-hmm. you know, and not... I mean, of course, you, you know, as we had to ban IPAs because we fucking drink yep. so many IPAs yep. and we love them. But there really is an appreciation for, like, German, you know, classics. Trust the umlaut. You guys thought <laughs> that... This wasn't a beer podcast. You, <laughs> Wait, you guys, really talked about you, the beer. you guys thought that we were just using beer as some kind of surrogate, some kind of some kind of conversational lubricant right. to just get this thing going. But we spent forty minutes really just did. talking about you, beer. You know, and I was thinking, like, man, we've been going a little bit long, and I was like, we should try to like keep it, you know. A little trimmed down, but here we are. We we're excited about yeah. these beers. Yeah. We like them. We love it. We love, we love it. We love the beer. So, we love the discovery through beer as well. Absolutely, like absolutely. Yeah, because like, we don't know where these amazing. conversations are going to go. We have a very, we have very loosely defined topics mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. and then we just let the beer take us to where we want to go. And luckily, it takes us places that we enjoy. Fucking great. Almost every time. Yep. So, should we get into the content of the episode? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do All that. All right. So, we're going to start with one of our newer segments, yes. which is not an every time segment, but yeah. we're going to do it again today. Yeah. And that's binge drinking. Yeah. And during binge drinking, we don't actually binge drink. We do that off the podcast. Yeah. Well, um, we're, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> what we do is we talk about shows that we have binged or for example if there's like a movie series or something right then we may have binged that whole series right and then we'll talk about that right so today what we are going to talk about is the fx uh-huh. drama uh-huh. snowfall yes okay which i didn't even know about i don't know anything like i never even heard of it okay so i had heard of it okay. when it first came out and I'll be honest, like, I, okay, so I have a rule. I really don't tend to watch TV shows uh-huh. until they are at least two seasons complete because um, I want to so know. With some exceptions. Yeah, with some yeah, exceptions. Yeah. I want to know it's going to be good right. or whatever yeah. before I start doing it. Like, I don't, I don't want to wait a week. Like, I want to just do it. 
you know, I want to binge it. You know, that's yeah, yeah. I, I guess the exception that I was gonna say is kind of been like the Disney Plus stuff, right? Like the Mandalorian, right. and WandaVision. We've been you kind of no watching choice. them like right. weekly, you know. Right. Um. So when I first saw that this show was coming out, when it first started, uh-huh. uh, honestly, like I had a visceral reaction to it because it takes place uh-huh. uh, in the backdrop uh-huh. of the beginning of the crack epidemic yes. in South Central LA. Okay? Uh-huh. And it takes place around the early 80s, like 1984-ish. Yeah, I guess at the very beginning is 83, but I think the the a lot of it is like 84. Okay. But yeah, 83, 84. So I was born in Gardena in 1981. Yeah. Okay? And I lived all across L.A. all the way through now. Right. When I'm uh, 39. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, there was only... Are you laughing because I didn't say 40? No. no, no. <laughs> I always round it up. Yeah. But, you've, been um, four, you've been calling yourself 40 for the last, like, at since, least two years. Since I've been 37. Yeah. yeah. So... And super, super annoying. <laughs> so, um, there was only, like, a brief period of time where I lived in Victorville. Um, which is like between here and like Vegas, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's one of it's one of uh, California's many purgatories. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so um, I I'm very sensitive uh-huh. to uh, things that involve the crack epidemic because I have family members who have been addicted to crack, and I've seen uh, the horrors uh-huh. of this incredibly addictive drug and i also you know i mean as you probably uh know like i read a lot about this stuff you know i love history i want to know what the hell's going on i want to be able to contextualize Mm -hmm. what i've lived through what i've seen why i am where i am Mm -hmm. you know and so uh i look at things like uh reaganomics you know which you can look into i look at uh, you know, um, I am skeptical of the government that, uh, you know, um, is supposed to represent me supposedly, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I think that's, that's a healthy thing. Uh, so when I saw this show, uh, coming out, um, for one thing, I didn't know that it was directed by or created by John Singleton, Uh who is like the LA, uh, you know, uh, guy he's you know um r.i.p mm-hmm. uh but um would that would if you had known that would you have been more inclined to check it out no you think? no no okay no like i like i said you know the reaction was visceral i right. i'm sensitive I see, I see. you know yeah. like it there's some things people are sensitive about right right you know well, yeah it's like you better you, you like you better not fuck this up kind of thing yeah. Yeah. So, um, the show made it to season four. Yes. And... Which just came out. Right? Just started about just a couple started. of weeks ago. Yeah. And so, people have been talking about it, and we had nothing to watch, and I was just like, you know what? Let's just do this, yeah. because... It's on Hulu. Yeah. It's yeah. something to watch. Right. We already have the service right. that it's on, so it's effortless for us yeah. to go ahead and watch yeah, it. Yeah. So, I didn't even know anything about it. I had... Not heard anything about it. 
didn't know there was a new season that was coming up, and that's why we were watching. I was just like, all right, well, I guess we're watching this. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we caught up mm-hmm. to the current season. Mm-hmm. Um, we still haven't seen all of the episodes that are out for this current season, yeah. but that's by choice now. Yeah. Um, and, we're trying to binge as much as possible. Right. <laughs> but, uh... We just wanted to, you know, share our thoughts on the show. Mm-hmm. So, would you like to start? Um, sure. You know, so not having known anything going into it, uh, it was just basically put on, and I was like, "All right, I guess we're watching this." And um, I, I gotta say, off top, I was like mad. You know, because it starts out with the main protagonist. Because there's uh, several different um, characters in the show which are kind of central characters. But, I mean, still I would say the main protagonist is this guy, Franklin. Right, and they Um, all kind of represent, like... um, Different aspects of the the, the cocaine uh, business. Right. Um, You know, and so he is a kid... In, I don't even know, he had, I, I guess, I would say he's like 18, 19, right? Because he yeah, dropped, he, he just dropped out of college. Right. I mean, like, he, he, you know, probably went to, like, not more than a year. Um, and so he was going to college. I don't know if, do you know if the, he was going to the Claremont college or if that was just all part of um they were calling the college chosen or something earlier in the show yeah and then they did claremont for this uh, weird multiverse episode that they did like at the end of third yeah some kind of thought experiment at the end of the third season right but so he was you know but he's now back in his uh neighborhood in south central the point was basically to illustrate that he is uh special in right. terms of his intellect. Right, right. Because he even went to high school, right, in the Valley or something, right? right? Yeah, uh, with white people. But he's back in his neighborhood uh, trying to fucking figure things out, whatever. And he ends up going to, like, this cocaine dealer, this Israeli cocaine dealer. Um, I think he's just... Javi. Yeah, Avi. He goes there with his friend because whatever, I don't know. I don't even remember. But off top, he's just like eagerly like, I'm going to sell this cocaine. You know, yeah. he was just like, can you give I'd me... I love to deal drugs. Yeah, he was like, can you give me a fucking, I don't know how many he takes, just one kilo. Yeah, one kilo. He's very ambitious. Yeah, and I was just like, like, I'm like, okay, I... Get that this is probably what the show is about. Him becoming becoming this uh, cocaine dealer and prominent whatever, right? Not knowing anything about this show, but I'm like, I'm assuming he has to sell this cocaine in order for this show to even happen. Right. But off top, I was just like, man, what, what the fuck are you? No. You knucklehead. Yeah, what are you doing? He was just like, I can do this. You know, he was just like, nobody was like pushing this on him. Nobody was like, you're going to, you're going to fucking sell this kilo of cocaine he was just they were like what no like what do you know they were like he was just like they they were like here's a man of special intellect and they immediately had him say 
I will sell cocaine without thinking of the deadly consequences of this. Right. He was like, <laughs> I can do this. Give it to me. I will prove it to you. And I was just like, what are you, no, what are you doing? I was like, because, I mean, at that point I was like, well, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to try to sell it in his neighborhood, right? Um, And so. But Black Dynamite, I sell crack to the community. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like. Uh, like, uh, off top, I was, like, super annoyed at this young kid who was just bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Like, literally, his eyes were all fucking sparkly and shit. B- being so eager to sell cocaine to the people of his neighborhood. I'm like, what are you doing? You know? So, I was, like, annoyed. And, I mean, it progressed where, like, I mean, I was annoyed at a bunch of other people. Everybody was bad at their jobs. Yes. um, She doesn't like that. And then... (laughs) That's why she likes John Wick. Because he's really good at his job. He's fucking immaculate. He always shoots you in the head. She finishes the goddamn job. He's not messy. Okay? I don't like messy shit. Anyway. But, like... But, I mean... Throughout the seasons, you know, he becomes this... You know, just as I expected, he becomes this, like, kind of more professional, hardened... You know, no bullshit kind of... Guy, he experiences things. He right. suffers losses. Right. He makes yeah, mistakes. Yeah, he gets fucking beat up. He almost dies Goes several times. All kinds of stuff, <laughs> you know. So, which I mean, you know, obviously, of course, that's what this is gonna be because that's what this is about, right? But yeah, so I mean, I mean, I'm. I don't know if I'm less annoyed by him now. I'm still annoyed, but in a different way, I guess. But well, I mean, I reacted similarly to uh-huh. you throughout the show yeah. uh i find most of the characters annoying there are a few <laughs> likable yes, characters are, in the show i do like avi yeah avi's a good character <laughs> yeah. he's you know he's a, he's a, he's a, a a fun interpretation of you know a crazy israeli drug dealer right um where he doesn't get to be as crazy later on because he he he, he loses leverage he loses leverage right yeah. and um you know his uncle uh or, or franklin's uncle you know jerome jerome, jerome. jerome and mm-hmm. uh you know really like just one of those <laughs> with his great curl, yeah, yeah great comic relief characters yeah. and oh, he man. plays the character where if you are not from la you probably see this guy and you're like, what a fucking bad actor. But if you're from LA, you're like, I know that's an I uncle. know that motherfucker. You're like, that's an uncle. Like, no, like there's so many motherfuckers who are living their life as bad actors. They are just acting like this. Like, and he's exactly like that. Like, I got that guy in my family. Yeah. Like, so like it's so like I like that kind of stuff. Um there is an I like his aunt too. Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his aunt Louie is fantastic. Yeah. You know, um, she's a a great actress. Yeah. A beautiful woman with a lot of gravitas. You yeah. You know the way yeah. that she she is like low key holding it down. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> a very yeah. intelligent, and they yeah. introduce new characters as the show continues yeah. that are very interesting. That show different elements of you know uh, the uh, South Central. Uh, drug dealing community like 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 man boy boy? you know um which is you know one of my favorite uh newer characters because he's very savvy and he's smart and he thinks that he's star of the show like you know like he you know i like the characters you know uh in in drama or in manga or comic books who don't realize that they are not not. the central (laughs) character like 
I think that's I a always very, get nervous for people like that. Though. I think that's it's a very thing. interesting type of character. Yeah. Um, but the uh, element of the show that I find personally most fascinating uh-huh. is the CIA yeah. uh, connection Teddy. to all of it. Right, yeah. And um, there's a character, Teddy, who represents the CIA and the government who introduced crack into the community in the first place. Or they introduced cocaine cocaine into America in order to supposedly, uh, for the purposes of this show, but also, um, you know, the larger implications of it are clear, uh, to fight communism in Nicaragua. Yeah. Right? You know? um, And uh, it was interesting seeing him portrayed as a true believer in uh, America and in American yeah. values yeah. as he is someone who introduces a very dangerous and deadly drug into the community and someone who uh, who is continually corrupted and himself uh, eroded and destroyed. Yeah. Um, you know, soul, uh, in terms of his soul. Yeah, no, totally, uh, yeah. By, like, even just between him and season one and then onwards. Right, it's just like a by dream. the criminality. Yeah. Once he gets what, that haircut, you know he's <laughs> of, of what he's doing, <laughs> yeah, you know? And yeah. so, like, they, they don't really get into the, uh, of all of the conversations mm. touch on right. uh, the types of things that we're dealing with, government conspiracy and right. so on. They don't right. really get into the blame of the fact that, um, you know, the purpose... You know, there there were nefarious purposes of destroying uh, black communities, communities right, right. Uh, by our own government. Right. You know, or at least viewing these communities as expendable. They kind of play it as, you know, it just was a happenstance casualty. Right. That Franklin happened to be like a volunteer to fucking distribute. Right. right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm yeah. someone who believes that they knew what they were right. doing. Of course. You know, right. um, yeah, and so, and then we have... Um, we seen the Chappelle show. <laughs> we have the uh, Mexicans, Yeah. you know, and my favorite character is Gustavo, Gustavo. El Oso, the uh-huh. bear, uh-huh. Uh, who is a former luchador uh-huh. who ended up in the drug gang. They do a really right. good job of portraying these different pieces, mm-hmm. you know, um, of the uh, greater puzzle right. of the crack epidemic. Right, right. You know? Like, uh, who, where they're getting it from and, like, who's distributing it to who right. and, like, what neighborhoods right. and... So, in a way, like, they do... You know, it's not quite edutainment, mm-hmm. but you get I mean, a picture yeah. Yeah. of history right. in kind of a passive right. way right. to kind of understand, like, how certain things are connected that maybe some of you know the uh less influenced by this yeah among us may not necessarily see right because for me i was not in la during the 80s you know um and so so kind of seeing this um and with season three, they kind of get more into... The season one is kind of setting everybody up in their position and what they do and all this stuff. And then season two is kind of how Franklin 
gets introduced to crack. He takes a trip to like Oakland, and he's just like crack. What what is this yeah. thing? You know, and, and he he meets an artisan who <laughs> uh, creates crack, and that artisan is the RZA. <laughs> right, and so he learns how to cook it, and so he brings it back to LA. He's like, oh, this is gonna be big. This is gonna this is gonna fucking blow up. It's gonna make us so much money. And like, and again, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking make so much money distributing crack to my fucking people yeah. that he claims he's trying to fucking save or whatever. I mean, one thing about the show yeah. that, like, I guess my primary criticism of this mm-hmm. show is that everything is kind of too neat and tidy right, right, in right. the way that they put things uh, together because yeah. he just goes to Oakland and he, he clumsily yeah. meets the, uh, the, the guy. Crackhead. No, no, she she meets the, the girl who's like... Yeah, who's smoking crack and squatting she, in some Yeah, and old, she old. introduces him to yeah. the uh, people who know the uh, crack cooker. Cooker, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and, you know, there's even an element of his next door neighbor mm. is uh, his childhood girlfriend. And uh, her father yeah. is uh, the black cop who lives in the community. Right. Um, who doesn't want to abandon his community, right. but he is LAPD, and right. he became and he becomes Franklin's mortal enemy right. over the course of the show, right. and because he, he's like, "What are you doing to right. the community?" Which I mean, right? He has and a point. everyone and everything, including you know his connection with uh, Gustavo, uh-huh. it's someone that he knew, right? You know, because he went, he was a fan. Yeah, and so everything is very like neat and tidy, and it's very familial. Right, right. And it's almost uh, it's very, I describe it as Shakespearean. Yeah. In the way that the drama plays out, it's very you know? contained. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, um, other crime dramas like Breaking Bad, uh-huh. I think that there was a little more separation between the parties. Right. And so, it like, it kind of just goes outward. Right, and so yeah, it, and so it never necessarily felt like this interpersonal family drama which uh-huh. this uh it really is this yeah. kind of is yeah you yeah. know and so like you know it's a little so it's a little bit like that shit like it's corny you know right. like um it's and, a little too like convenient i guess yeah but like i do i do appreciate that aspect in that they kind of keep it moving you know, I feel like part of why they keep it contained within, like, the people you've already been introduced to or whatever is that they kind of, like, keep it moving, you know? They're, they don't they really, do like, waste, really, like, they they just, they really don't waste time. <laughs> I just, They're being efficient, which, you know, I mean, it could be good or bad, like. I, I just don't like realizing yeah. that I'm watching a soap opera. Right, right, right. Like, when I'm watching crime right. dramas. Right, right. You know, it, that... Yeah, it is kind of... It is it is very soapy in that sense. Right, sure. you know? And right. so that's, like, where, you know, I kind of, like, fall back on it. Uh-huh. But, you know, so, like, I mean, it's not a show that I am, like, I recommend this show. Uh-huh. It's a show that I'm, like, you know, if you want to, you know, uh, be, you know, uh, if you want to, like, you know... Be marginally entertained, hate watch something a little bit at the same time, and also learn a little bit about what the, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, the 
the history of the crack epidemic, they do a pretty decent job of contextualizing it for you. Right. And the show, like you said, since it doesn't waste time, the show moves fast. And a lot of things happen in every episode. Yeah. So you're not like, right. oh, I am just trying to get to the cliffhanger. At yeah, the yeah, end. yeah. That's why I think it's like it's it's good at being a show. Right. You know. Um, it builds on itself very well. Right. And that's why, like, we ended up, we weren't even like, oh, God, we got to, you know. But, like, we just ended up, like, binging it, you know. Um, and I was going to say, that, um, going back to you know, learning more kind of about the L.A. At, at the time is like, so in the third season, it kind of is like showing, okay, wh- how did this affect the community, you know? Because you kind of see the crack, like, you know, uh, permeated through the community Yeah, a lot it takes more. three seasons before they show a crack house. And, right. But when they do, it is extremely evocative. Right. And, and, and then it kind of gets into, like, territory and gangs and stuff like that which is you know like so it kind of gives you a picture of like i mean i don't know how accurate it is or whatever but like how it like affected multiple different communities and la the greater la but i was going to say how you were talking about it's very familial and very like kind of contained which is a interesting juxtaposition to how I feel about Los Angeles in general because I feel like Los Angeles is such a sprawling huge you know people say LA but it's like it's so big like when I first uh nobody has the same definition of LA what I said nobody has the same definition right of LA. But when I first uh came to Southern California I was going to school in uh, Valencia, which is removed, is you know, it's like further north, um, and it's not LA County. Is it LA County? Maybe it is. Maybe it's, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. But it's like it's not, it. you know, LA, right? And so um, after I graduated, I moved, you know, more into Los Angeles. I was kind of, I felt really isolated because I was like, I don't know anybody, you know? And like, you know, my school was small, you know, like friends I had there. Some people were in LA, some people moved back to where they were from, whatever, you know? And I just felt like, oh my God, I felt so isolated in this huge land of surround. I'm like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what the deal is. Like, I don't know anybody. And, you know, in the, in the more, the longer I live here, you kind of get a better grasp and whatever, but it, it still is like such a big area. So it's, it's kind of interesting that they, you know, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, they're kind of focused on like his com- Franklin's community and whatnot, you know, but right. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I want to point out about the show, I, I want to go back and look at season one, but um, their title, where it says Snowfall, uh, within the season, for example, I think season two, Snowfall, was written with like uh, cash, mm-hmm. um, stacks of cash, and throughout the episode, when as the season progresses, it starts burning, and then at the end, it's like burnt to a crisp and then season three is like uh it's like a, a bird's eye view of like a, the community you know houses and stuff like that and it's 
spelling out snowfall and then you start seeing like little fires here and there and then it's like burning you know you see searchlights and stuff like that so it's kind of interesting um seeing that the theme of whatever that season is like the community and stuff like that and how it's progresses so you know if you do watch the show i would you know pay attention to the title is uh, is is interesting so yeah i think uh-huh that we yes should talk about what made us want to drink okay all right let's do it who's going first you go first me okay so what made me want to drink is that Lately, I've been playing a game because I've kind of gotten into, you know, having a game to play. It's just kind of nice to get, you know, just get away from whatever daily life. Um, and I've been playing games kind of at, at night before I go to sleep. And uh, I started playing Persona 5 Strikers, mm. what it's called. Yeah, and in Japanese, it's called Persona 5 Scramble. Scramble, yeah. And so I played Persona 5, which is the only Persona game I've played. Me too. And so it's the same characters from... Uh, every Persona game has a different set of characters, and it's like a group of, like, are they all high school kids? They're I think so. high school kids, right? Yeah. And so uh, I played Persona 5, and I liked them. They had really good characters. Um, and then, so I didn't know that this game had come out and William got it. And so I started playing it and it's the same characters from Persona 5 and it's like summer vacation. And so they, it's essentially a road trip. Um, so it's kind of cool that you get to travel within, um, parts of Japan. So right now I'm on my third City. The first one is Shibuya, which is kind of where uh, a lot of it, a lot of the Persona game takes place, the Persona Five, and I'm in Sapporo, uh, in Hokkaido. So it's kind of I'm excited to see all the different cities, um, because I mean I've never been to Sapporo, but with Shibuya they do a pretty good job of kind of showing parts of it, you know. Um, I guess it's kind of like a, uh, what do you call it? That driving game. <laughs> oh my God. San Andreas, what's it called? Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah, driving yeah. game. <laughs> I would, uh, that's one way to describe it. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. I'm not going to elaborate on that at all. <laughs> perfect. That driving game, yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I mean, but you got to drive, right? The whole thing is auto. I focused on, I focused on the auto part. Not right? the Grand Theft. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Because I remember when you were playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, where it's just like, oh, look at L.A. Like, you would see parts that would, like, it, it, it would invoke parts of L.A. And then it's just like, you're like, wait, why is that there? You know? Right. The, uh, <laughs> the geography, geography was not on Very uh, condensed. Purposely, of course. Right, right. So it's kind of like that, you know, so Perfect. I'm imagining like Sapporo, like if I go there ever, then I might be like, oh, I remember seeing this in Persona 5 Strikers, you know. So it's, it's, it's exciting and it's a different, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
game I'm format? Sorry. What? I just keep thinking about that driving game. That driving game. You, I, I was like, what the hell could she possibly be talking about? That driving game. Do you not drive in that game? Yes, you do. And so it's so Persona Five is a more was it a turn based RPG? Turn based combat. Uh, and this is like an action RPG, so you have to like do more like combos and moves and whatever. And I didn't know. I'm like, I don't know. However many hours into the game, I was like, "What do you mean combos? What are you talking about?" And I had to like look it up, you know. So there's still a lot that I'm finding out about the game, but I've kind of gotten the hang of it, and it's uh, it's pretty exciting. And um, I. I'm gonna assume that a lot of these Persona games are kind of like it has like a mystery sort of element to it that they're trying to solve so it's intriguing and every so far you know going from one city to another you find a little bit more and a little bit more becomes uh, available to you like you know and you find out a little bit more about the story that you know and so it's it's intriguing. They do a good job of keeping it intriguing story-wise, you know, and the gameplay is, is fun. So I've been enjoying it. Yeah, I was actually really excited to play this game, yeah. too. I haven't played it mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I wanted you to play it first. Well, you played a little bit, right? Yeah, just I played, like, the first, like, maybe, like, hour and a yeah. half or so yeah. of the game. But, I, you know, that's just when I first bought it. Yeah. But I figured it would be more, you know, it would be, like, a game that you would want to play. Yeah. And, you know, it definitely is, for me, the appeal of the Persona 5 series is the ability to see a place Mm -hmm. that feels very familiar and interact in that place. Mm -hmm. And I love the uh, social connection Mm -hmm. system. You know, yeah, 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 and so being able to like do these things, I think that right now, like during like a pandemic, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. during a time when we just don't have the ability to uh to build on those social connections mm-hmm. in the same way that we have mm-hmm. become accustomed to, yeah, uh, going back and playing Persona 5 Royal mm-hmm. was such like a treat for me it was such right. an experience that just made me feel a sense of almost like, like a connection yeah connection mm-hmm. friendship mm-hmm. belonging even though it was virtual and artificial right you know and so i thought maybe this will also be that kind of game mm-hmm. for me i can't really tell yet because i haven't gotten into the social linking system that it's different. They don't have the same kind of thing that uh, they did in 5. There are new characters, um, but it's not like you build uh, a social link between them per se. And you already built the link between your crew. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, but there's... But it there is some sort of, I would say, the virtual connection part. Um is like the the road trip you know it's fucking fun you you, you're road tripping on this uh camper 
you know, you don't start out with the road trip. You start out in Shibuya, do one whole thing. And then they're like, all right, we need to go on this road trip to solve the other mysteries, basically. And you're on this, like, you know, camping car. And there's different elements where it's like, uh, now you can cook. You know, so you find different recipes in different cities that are, like, you know, specific um, food and you know, uh, of that place. For example, in Hokkaido, they're kind of known for like seafood. And then with uh, ramen, there's miso ramen. They're known for miso ramen. So you get like a miso ramen uh, recipe. And like, I got like a seafood, seafood bowl recipe, you know, so things like that. Um, so, and then you see the town, which is interesting. You know, friendship yeah. And, you know, um, elements of life like that, uh-huh. like you talked about, like cooking and things like uh-huh. that, really <laughs> underrated yeah. uh, uh, gameplay really elements, you know, yeah. because yeah. I think about like Final Fantasy XV, yeah. uh-huh. where... The cooking part. Yeah. I love it. But this, the uh, central conceit of the game uh-huh. was your relationship with yes, your buddies. your fucking buddies. You know, and that's also yes. what... You're camping... Persona 5 was built on. Yes. When you take a trip with your buddies, that's when you really get to know them. You know? And, you know, this gives you that experience. So I really... And I mean, for me, like, I'm not someone who... Like, I'm kind of a loner. Right. You know? I'm not someone who's like, ah, like, I miss my friends. Right. Except for in the moments when I'm hanging out with them. I'm like, oh my God, I love... Right, you These realize like, oh my god, anything. I missed this. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. and no, so like you know, it's such yeah. like I'd like to see more of that element yeah. of humanity explored yeah. because you know, with video games, there's such an interactive ability to tell stories. Yeah, you know? you're right because I do, I do really like that kind of thing when you get to interact with your crew or whatever in video games. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah, so. You know, I am going to skip what made me want to oh. drink. I'll tell you what made me want to drink, on. but I'm not going to talk about okay, it. Okay, that's because fine. Because I would rather get into these questions. Okay. You know, but what made me want to drink, oh. you know, it's been a year yeah. since the pandemic has okay. really affected America. Oof. It really has. It's and, crazy. Yeah. And so, like, you know, it. Um, I've just been down. Yeah. You know, I've been feeling down about it and I didn't realize that that's why I was feeling down. Right. You know, that somehow it, like your body, your yeah, brain knew yeah. that it's been a year and you're yeah, just and like, like, you know, and to an extent, like, I know that I've been experiencing, you know, something that's akin to like a survivor's guilt. Mm. You know, um, I have had to watch as, you know, um, People that I love have lost crucial, important, an important year mm-hmm. of their lives. Yeah. You know, and it's crucial and important to everyone, but for some people, it's more crucial than yeah. it is for others. Right, you right. know, and so um, it's been tough. Mm-hmm. It's been tough. And then, of course, you know, we lose people. Yeah. You know, so that's been kind of, you know, uh, weighing on me. I've been thinking a lot about. 
the uh, creative and motivational death mm -hmm. that I've experienced mm -hmm. in the last year. It's hard, yeah, you know. Um, like, I was you gotta someone... be in a mentally good place to do yeah. anything like that. And you know, I was someone who was very motivated yeah. before mm -hmm. all this started. You know, and it it died so easily. You know, for me, you know, and it, it wasn't easily, but it just felt easily because um, I, uh, you know, I think that everyone, uh, even the most misguided among us, mm -hmm. we have inherent strength, mm -hmm. you know, in order to live in what I consider somewhat of a hell world that uh -huh. we live in yeah, uh, of our own making. Uh, but, um, you know, personally, like, um, I feel like you know, a, a weak person, mm -hmm. you know? And so, uh, it was humbling and, you know, disappointing mm. to see how quickly mm. I just, you know, fell off and just mm. fell into, you know, darker impulses and fell into, uh, you know, um, depression and weakness. And, right. you know, and it's like, it's nothing to be ashamed of yeah. that you can intellectualize that. Right, right. But when, but it's harder to emotionally internalize yeah. that you do feel shame. It's you true. You do feel yeah, no, sick about it, because, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I've told other people like, oh, you know, whatever, like take a break, whatever. And then I find myself having a hard time doing that. But I do like since, you know, we've, like the lockdown and whatever since we've had to like stay home a year ago i have told myself you know like you know what give yourself a break because right. this shit is not normal okay how however normalized it becomes this is not something that we've had we've had to deal with in our lifetime really you know having to stay home for an entire fucking year you know like um this is not normal and if if I feel like, you know what, I'm not going to do this or I can't fucking deal with this right now, whatever, just, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine accepting that that's just what it is right now. And I'm not going to, like, I promised myself earlier, like early on that I'm not going to give myself a hard time about any of the shit that like, I'm, I feel like I can't do or whatever want to put off or whatever this year just because not to say that i mean i've still been like suffering from feeling like i have to do shit but i did tell myself don't give yourself a fucking hard time about it because like you'll fucking i don't want to i need to fucking stay alive and like you know not get crazy and you're right about yeah. that and that's why i wanted to bring this up yeah because people need to hear that yeah. from wherever yeah. they can. So if you're hearing it from us, great. Because I need to hear it. You know, Misa needs to hear yeah. it. Um, it's okay. It's fine. You know, you know it's like, okay. Fucking survive. Because, like, I do feel like, yeah, um, I'm like, wow, I'm probably depressed or whatever. Because I'm like, I'm just trying to, the most I can do in a given day is get through it to you know like during the weekday especially to get to the weekend like you know i mean it was not to say that i didn't feel that way before but even more now i'm just like i'm just trying to get through so i can get to the weekend and then just fucking on the weekend like let me just 
relax and not think about whatever's stressing me out and try to enjoy the little things that I can. And this is why I'm playing this video games because I'm like, at the end of the day, you know, I'm like, I should go to sleep because like my eyes fucking twitching from like being tired and looking at the screen. Uh, I mean, not longer than I need to, but still like, I don't know if I'm looking at it too hard or whatever, but you know, but I'm like, I, you know what? If playing this video game is going to give me some sort of like pleasure or an escape or whatever and that's all I'm just fucking playing video games how much harmful could that be it's not like I'm doing crack you know and so God. I'm just drinking beer and playing video games I'm God. not doing crack okay you're so ridiculous so, you're so ridiculous so I'm like, you know what? If I need to do it, I need to fucking do it. You know, like you, you got to allow yourself a little bit of leeway. And that's kind of what I've done. And like, I might, I might pay for that later on because like, hey, you were drinking a little bit too much beer. You know? Oh my God. Which I probably am. But still. You know? I wasn't expecting any of that. Um, Neither was I. <laughs> you know, I'm just glad I'm not on crack. That's all I can say after watching uh, three seasons of uh, Snowfall. Literally, one of the characters, she did crack once, and then it fucking ended, she ended up in the crack house that same night. I'm like, dude, like, it's just one day of, just do crack once, you ended up in a crack house at the end of the fucking day. Fucked up drug. Yeah, I was just like, oh yeah, my god. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. It was Franklin! <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to get yeah, I don't want to get into the conversation <laughs> of drugs that I would definitely not do because then you'll know what drugs that definitely I would do. Definitely not crack. So, okay, definitely. So I'm not, not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna talk about it. Let's, the only thing I can say after watching that show is I, boy, am I gr glad I never had to do crack. Well, that's also how I felt watching Breaking Bad about that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, though, we've already right. named two, so we're not going to talk about any more drugs so that people are going to find out what drugs we may or may not have done. Um, My goodness. <laughs> all right, so we are very deep into this podcast, and we are about to get into questions. And I just realized that we talked so much about the beers that we were drinking. <laughs> we did. That... We didn't talk at all uh -huh. about the duds oh. <laughs> that we drank, oh. which, um, you know, we weren't going to name them anyway. Right. Okay. Like, we only talk about beers that we liked on the Drink Local podcast. We do not name the beers that we don't like because we're not critics. We're enthusiasts. We're not brewers either, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're enthusiasts. So, um, we're... Sorry for saying bitches. <laughs> oh, now you said it twice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I don't know if you guys heard that, but somebody's car is fucked up right now oh. in the neighborhood. But, yeah, so, all I'm going to say about the duds is that... I got them in a four pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I endure through them. <laughs> I drank them all. Anyway. 
I didn't like any were, of them, but they I, were not good. It was two four packs. Yeah, we got yeah yeah yeah. So so um, she had one of each. So I drank six beers over the course of you know about two weeks or so just to try to get through those beers. They yeah, were not. They were not good. They were not very good. Yeah. But we don't need to talk about that now. That's what we realized. We had enough content for this podcast anyway with beers that we like. Yeah. Right? These, These beers. Duds. If we're talking about it, they're not duds. Right. So what we're going to do is get into questions from the Beer Curious. Okay. And I have quite a few today. All right. Okay. So the first question okay. I thought was super hilarious. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if we can answer this question. Okay. But this question comes from David Brothers, mm-hmm. who now has a podcast oh. called Manga Splaining. Oh. Yeah. With... Uh, um. A couple of his friends. Okay. I only know one of their names, so I'm not going to name either of them. Okay. Because that's not fair. Manga splaining. Okay. Yeah. So you can check out manga splaining if you like. If you like. I'm assuming they're talking about manga. Yeah. If you like manga. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know, if you know David Brothers, you know he's, you know, a, a real professional. He's really funny. Mm-hmm. We and had a podcast with him before. Yeah, the culturally appropriate podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, so. His question. Mm-hmm. Which beer is the most gimmickly? Excuse me. <laughs> start, start over with that. Okay. He's not a beer drinker, though. Which beer is the most gimmicky or punny named mm-hmm. and the most satisfying? I'm gonna start over. Let's start over. This is what happens when we've been drinking for an hour and a half. This is what happens this when is, autocorrect I mean, changes. Oh. The word punny, punny to bunny. Yeah, now fuck autocorrect. Um, autocorrect be making me want to drink all day every day. I mean, you know, as much as these are so-called light beers, the, the highest was five point four six. But you know, I mean, which beer has the most gimmicky or punny name and the most satisfying flavor? And do you hate or love that combo? <laughs> Which I'm like, that's a lot of words in a single question. I mean, let me tell you, David, that <laughs> <laughs> the beer people love punny names. Yeah, and we get so, some kind of derivative of this question a lot, Yeah, I think. So... What's the most, what is it, punny? Punny, or bunny, according to autocorrect. Is, I mean, the, we I can't even say which is the most because, they, yeah. like, like actually none, well, not really any of these. I guess maybe Pacific, Pacific Coast, Coast Highway. Highway, which I didn't fucking put it together. Um, but, you know, I mean. It's, yeah, so that's the most uh, satisfying these. Beer with the most gimmicky and punny name of today. Yes. 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 And it's fucking delicious. It's, it's really delicious. good. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, it's really hard uh, yeah. to answer the question of do I hate or love that combo? Um, You know, I am not hugely emotionally attached to beer puns. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, ah. You know, like, I never, I, I rarely get a beer. Uh-huh. Based, based on, on the, the yeah right, the right, pun, right. 
Uh, and, you know, I look at a lot of beer lists where all I have is the name of the beer and right. maybe a brief description yeah. of the beer itself. But usually I'm choosing by the style yeah. of beer uh -huh. that I want right. at any given time. And I'm looking at the brewery because yep. I drink enough beers right. at this point to know which breweries right. that I have faith in mm -hmm. or that I that generate excitement or, right. for me. Right. Yeah, but the beer community loves puns. They do. You know, and sometimes it, you know, kind of gets bad. Like, I can tell you, like, the beers that we had that were duds. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> were they puns? They had puns. And, okay. you know, that's where I... You know, I violated my rule because one of my uh, rules yeah. in dud spotting was if the if it's got like some kind of bad pun, the beer's probably gonna taste like shit. Yeah. And it had a bad pun, it but it a was a pun. new brewery, yeah. and I thought, let me just check out this new brewery that's local. You right. know, because I drink local. Right. So. Yeah. It, yeah, you know, and it wasn't that good. You know. Yeah, like I don't. I tend just because puns are so prevalent. In craft beer, I'm not, like, trying to judge anything based on the pun that they choose. Um, I do find that a lot of times, like, if you look up a beer and it's, like, the name is, a, like, a pun, you'll find, like, on Untapped and stuff, you'll find that there's other breweries that were like, oh... We've thought of a pun, and they did the fucking same thing, which I'm like, at that point, it's fucking embarrassing. Right. You know? I'm agree. like, if you want to do a pun, Google it first. I feel like, you know, at this point, maybe Google it and, you know, not do it agree. if somebody else already did it, just because it's kind of like, you know, like, but I also understand how hard it is to name something because I really have a hard time. Uh, sometimes I have to name certain things and I'm just like, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm just going to do the description, you know, which is not a good way to go about it either, you know? So I get it. I get wanting to just fall back on a pun because that's just, let's I just fucking do that. I want a beer mm -hmm. that I know that they decided to brew the beer. Uh-huh. Not that they came up with a pun, pun first, and we're right. like, I got to brew a beer now. Right, right. You know, that's all. You know? Yeah. So, the next question. Yes. Question from the Beer Curious. Why is or isn't mm -hmm. putting green dye in your beer cultural appropriation? So, obviously, this is a about St. Patrick's Day beer. Yes, which is coming up, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, and this question, it's coming up. Uh -huh. I'm really excited about that. Yes. It's one of my favorite uh, racially problematic holidays. Um, nah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite of the problematic ones. <laughs> okay. What, do you have a more? I don't know. Is it problematic? I don't I, I don't really think so. It's more, it's it's essentially more like a religious kind of, no? But, I mean, I feel like it kind of gets uh, minimized to, hey, the Irish people, they're getting drunk. Right, right, right. But uh, this question was asked by a friend of mine, Erin yeah. O'Malley, <laughs> which <laughs> How much his name, yeah, also feels a little racially problematic, but it's his real name. Yeah, not just O'Malley, <laughs> but Erin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a uh, with an E, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I love Aaron. Like Aaron has been my friend. He's also redheaded. I feel like. Yeah. No, he, no, he is red. <laughs> okay. He is redheaded. Like, um, and he used to uh, um, he used to wrestle in high school. Oh. And so he had uh, this uh, wrestling alter ego. Really? Yeah. Um, named Wrestle Top, which was a combination of Carrot Top, the uh, the comedian, oh. who eventually you know became very very very, very muscular like a Greco Roman wrestler. He did, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, um, and one thing that I appreciate about Aaron is that. Um, he constantly asks the question uh, when us and the boys are talking about stuff. He asks, am I too white for this situation? <laughs> and you know what? He rarely ever is. But I appreciate, I appreciate his level of insecurity <laughs> about, the, uh, about whatever we're talking about. You know, he's like, am I not getting this reference because I'm white? And I'm like... <laughs> he's very self-aware. <laughs> I love Aaron. Aaron's hilarious. He's, he's super funny. And I would say that, you know, um, I don't think that putting green dye yeah. in beer is cultural appropriation because I don't think that Irish people I don't, yeah, are that's what doing I was gonna that. Say that. I was going to say, like, you know? I, isn't that like an American thing? Like, I mean, in Chicago, they fucking dye an entire river green, which I'm... Just, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they fucking do that shit, like, every year. They uh, dye the river green, you know? And so, it's kind of like... I feel like Irish people are just just drinking beer. They're not, like, making it... Dying it green. And Irish be like, people are drinking good beer. Yeah. You know? like Another that, place we would love to Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, like, when it comes to the question, you know, obviously he was making a tongue-in-cheek yeah. yeah. question. You know, he's making a joke. But when it comes to the question of cultural appropriation, you know, I do actually get a lot of people who ask me, you know, is this cultural appropriation? The people uh -huh. who are earnestly worried about that, you uh -huh. know? Uh -huh. And usually the answer is actually no. Uh -huh. You know, <laughs> people ask this, like, you know, like, I've, you know, seen people, you know, uh, wearing clothes from different cultures that uh -huh. they pay for uh -huh. from people of that culture uh -huh. and they ask is this cultural appropriation probably not you know to me cultural appropriation is not necessarily doing something that you that is derived from another from culture, culture. Uh -huh. to me cultural appropriation is doing something that people of the culture that originated for mm -hmm. Have been punished for, right. or have suffered uh, uh, consequences for, right. and feeling free to do that, and and perhaps benefiting from right, it. yeah, and if you are financially benefiting right. from something that right. people of the have, original culture, yeah, of the original would, yeah. culture had created right. and were not allowed to benefit from, right, right, right. That's what I look at when I think of what is cultural appropriation. Yeah, because a, like a good example I would say is uh, I knew this woman who was a New Zealander, like a white woman who was from New Zealand, and um, she, the, I, uh, she was, we met her 
when I was living in Japan, had moved back to Japan after living in the U.S. for six years. And she was like our tutor, me and my sister's English tutor, just so kind of so we keep our English, basically, keep up our English. And so I think she was like an English teacher in like uh, the company my dad worked for or something like that, you know. And so she came once a week and she was like, she would, I don't even know, remember like any specific classes we had but she was there speaking English to us and we were speaking English to her whatever and so she was living in Japan her husband I think was British British or Australian I forget but basically she was living there and so she was you know this she was just teaching English as whatever she could do but since she was living in Japan like temporarily you know so she was learning uh, how to wear kimonos so she was going to classes, taking lessons on how to wear a kimono, you know, and so she had learned it and she, you know, like, did this, you know, so I feel like, for me, like, I wouldn't say that was cultural appropriation because she was in the culture, she's like, let me learn something. Right, that's cultural education. Right, let me learn something since I'm here and add to whatever, you know, like, why not, you know, expand right. my fucking horizons of the like the culture that I'm in you know and so she was doing that and she was this tall woman too you know so like it must have been hard to find something where you know <laughs> but like I thought that was awesome that she was doing this you right. know so like some like something like that like that oppose as opposed to you know oh on Halloween like I'm gonna be a geisha or whatever and you wear you just get like a kimono geisha costume and you're wearing it and it's just all wrong mm -hmm. or even in like movies in hollywood and shit like that when i when i see people wearing a kimono and like you're in a kimono you're supposed to wear it where the left uh side goes over the right side mm -hmm. you know but it's like backwards which is only for dead people <laughs> you know it's like like shit like that where and, and like you're just doing it wrong that's when I'm like, okay, like, you know, like, I, it, yeah, you're you not, get somebody. You're not paying respect. Right. Like, if you're Hollywood, get somebody. You can fucking afford a Japanese. There's enough Japanese people here. Right. Who can at least tell you. Right. Even if they're not an expert, I can fucking tell you. I'm not an expert. I can tell you this. You're doing it wrong. Right. You know, just fucking do it right. You know, like, right. just, if you're going to do it, don't just fight. Oh, look. And, you know. Whatever. And I mean, to all these things, there are academic answers mm -hmm. and there are emotional answers totally. to these things, totally. you know, yeah. so from person to person, you may not get the same answer. Yeah. But in my yeah. opinion, you should look for the academic answer. That's yeah. just my opinion. J just to know, you right. know, just right. to know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it comes to situate uh, or to things like appropriation and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, another question from Aaron O'Malley. Okay. What constitutes a breakfast beer? Oh. And what's the breakfast you're pairing it with? Hmm. That's interesting because we were at a beer shop earlier today and I saw one. I feel like it just said breakfast. Maybe breakfast stout or something. I don't yeah. think we got it. but I've, Yeah. I think that a stout is a good breakfast beer. Oatmeal stout, I feel like. Imperial, something, like... something sweet. It's usually like a Syrupy, stout, yeah, dark, yeah, 
you know, something like it's that. Not you like know, an IPA. They're, yeah, and they tend to be strong beers. That's why I don't like because, like, you know, like McKellar is famous for their beer geek breakfast. Oh, right. You know, well. and there are all kinds of different. You know, there's the uh, Roke geek breakfast. There's uh-huh. different uh, uh-huh. versions of their beers. Uh-huh. Um, but these are strong beers, and it's like you're gonna go back to sleep right after this beer. <laughs> you know, and so I'm like, ah. But some, but like something that you know would go good with like you know some uh, like a hearty breakfast, which also makes take a nap, like a like some pancakes or some waffles, yeah, some Belgian waffles, waffles something like that. I a good, say, a good, yeah. a good sweet dark Belgian, you know, uh, would be good for a situation like that. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, definitely. I feel like like a stout, like oatmeal stout, milk stout, something like that yeah um it, i feel like it doesn't have to be honestly uh i would think it shouldn't have to be like sweet and whatever because i feel like maybe it might be better if you pair it with like waffles and syrupy things so then the beer could be more of like a stout kind of like a guinness or something you know because it's not like you know you don't want something hoppy and stuff like that with like bitter and whatever you know like i feel like a like a guinness would be a good good with breakfast mm-hmm. oh yeah right? for sure absolutely I you know it, yeah. have a fucking irish breakfast with some guinness that sounds bomb that sounds, sounds exactly good. like what you do at the pub and you go you yeah. know you go watch some football yeah exactly you know yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely something like that where it's not gonna like mess up your taste buds really you know um, yeah. something malty, like kind of uh, almost like a substitute for like coffee, you I would know, love a full English, yeah, Sounds full really English, good. you know, Sounds something really uh, definitely a hearty breakfast. You want like mm-hmm. you want like pancakes or waffles or something like that, like you know, you want multiple, um, you want like a full lineup of sweet, things. salty, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a, a greasy sausage or mm-hmm. bacon or something with some eggs i don't know and the, the last question yes from aaron o'malley oh man aaron aaron hook this up with some okay. questions if people ask what sort of beer they should get what do you think your ratio is for picking a good beer for that person ratio yeah like mm. how like how often do you think uh-huh. that you get it right? Like between, like if you were asked by ten people, uh-huh. uh, what beer should I get? Yeah, are these just ten random people? No, who are I like... think that these are ten people who you are allowed to, you know, ask them questions so you can, you know, figure out. Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, I think I would need to be, for example. I would need to. I wouldn't really just randomly give out a beer recommendation because a lot of times with craft beer, especially, um, it depends regionally what's available. You right. Know? So if I'm at like a bar or like a bottle shop, and of the available beers there, they're asking what should I get. And this is kind of what I like, or this is what I don't want to really do, or this is what I'm interested in. I'm pretty confident I could make a good recommendation. Me too. I, I mean, I'm confident in you. Yeah. And I'm confident in myself about yeah. that. I think, like, when I think back on my uh, ability to recommend beers, mm-hmm. um, I don't recall 
someone being disappointed mm -hmm. unless they were lying to me, mm -hmm. you know, and just, you know, patronizing me. Yeah. At which point they had, they had to suffer through a, a beer that they could have just given to me, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, going back to David Brothers, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. you said, he doesn't drink. Mm -hmm. But he did say mm -hmm. when this question came up, mm -hmm. when I was asking for questions, mm -hmm. uh, that our beer recommendations to him mm -hmm. were when he f was able to figure out which beers that he liked. Mm. But then about six months later, stop drinking. <laughs> okay. You know, but he's like, oh, I got it now. Like, mm -hmm. I can understand beer now. Yeah. You know, I and he wasn't someone who could understand it. Right, because that. I feel like our taste in beer, even though, yeah, like, we like IPs and whatever, but, like, I don't think we have, like, a weirdly skewed, um, like, preference in beer where we're, like... We like beer. Yeah, we like beer, and I feel like we give every beer, like, a fair chance for the most part, and so I don't think we're kind of going into it with, like, any sort of preconceived ideas so i think just based on our whatever database we have you know i think we're able to be fair about whatever recommendation you know mm -hmm. like for example any of these beers that we had today i could recommend to people who are like scared of craft beer mm -hmm. who might be kind of like not sure um, kind of like in that fucking commercial we talked about, uh, where they're like, oh, craft beer, oh, we'll have this, whatever, whatever, whatever commercial that was. Fuck that commercial. But, like, it, it really, like, <laughs> talks, speaks to the anxiety of people who are encountered with the variety now that's available to, uh, to beer drinkers with all the fucking craft beer there's so many breweries out there, so many different styles that you don't fucking know what to do, whatever. And I, and I would just be like, here, have these and you will at least like one of them, you know? So I feel like I can recommend three to four beers to any given person uh, after asking them a few questions and that I would be able to recommend three or four, four beers where they will at least like at least one or two of them. You know? Mm -hmm. So, whatever that ratio is. Pretty confident about that. Unless they're fucking weird. <laughs> now you're blaming them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're weird, then that's on you. Well, on that note, <laughs> unless you're fucking weird. Yeah. Can you tell us yes. where they can find us? I think so. On ye old internet. www.com drinklocal.tv Where can they find us on social media platforms such as Instagram and Twitter? At drinklocaltv And they can always find us on iTunes. iTunes. They can find us on various podcasts. Spotify, I think. Look at that, man. I was, I was about to say Google, but I was... That's a thing. Yeah, I mean, you, you can find most things. Google be, us. You'd be surprised what you could find on Google. But hey, we... You shouldn't be at this point. <laughs> we had a great time talking about these beers. Yes. We had a great time just chopping up about all kinds of other things, talking about snowfall and binge drinking. 
talking about what made us want to drink Don't and answering drag. these questions yep. from our good, good friends. Yes. So if you've been listening to the podcast, if you've been enjoying the podcast, we really appreciate you too. Thank, Thank you so you much. So much. Thank Absolutely. you for sticking with us. Yep. And we will be back very soon with yes. more. Yes. But until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up. <laughs>